What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Revival Method Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Brandon Parker, and happy Thursday. I'm super excited to say that we are two weeks into our 21-day challenge, and we're already seeing crazy results. We have people saying that they are no longer feeling aches and pains that they've had for years prior to this challenge. We have people that are losing weight without them actually crash dieting or adopting these crazy exercise habits. And lastly, we have people that are accessing ranges of motion that they haven't actually reached in years prior to this moment. So everything is going super great. If you're one of the challengers or one of the participants in the challenges, I appreciate your participation because honestly, this has been so fun to be a part of. So today, what we're going to be covering is one of the more common questions that I get. And I want to break it down into one of the, or at least break it down into three of the most common reasons why these people aren't getting the results they're looking for. You see, the question that I get almost on a daily basis is, I've been consistent with my resistance training, but I'm not getting the results that I'm looking for. Now, first and foremost, kudos to these people, because becoming consistent in an activity that wasn't consistent prior, that's hard to do. So you've already accomplished a large, uh, you overcame a large obstacle, which is awesome which means now we just got to tweak some things in order for you to get the results that you're looking for. So the first thing that I want to talk about when it comes to why you might not be getting the results that you're looking for, even though you are consistent is, are you challenging yourself? You see, your body's not going to adapt to become stronger, to build on more muscle if it doesn't have to. Okay. If your body can adequately fend off the tension and stimulus that you're placing on it, it's going to just basically say, job well done, let's move on, right? (laughs) So we want to make sure that when we're in the uh, weight room or resistance training from home, that we're picking a stimulus that's challenging enough to make a difference, but not so much so that we overtrain or risk injury. Now, this is a perfect, this is like a balancing act where you have to find the perfect blend between challenging, but not too challenging. And that can get kind of uh, sketchy for people that aren't familiar with resistance training. So how do we know if we are challenging ourselves enough? This is where I like to use the reps in reserve method. So reps in reserve is basically asking yourself, how many more reps could I have done? Okay. So let's say we're going to talk about the squat right now. Everyone knows how to squat. If you're not familiar with the wording, it's simply sitting down in a chair and standing back up. You don't need the chair, but that motion is the squat. Okay. Let's say I ask you to do 10 squats. And at the end of that 10th rep, I ask you, how many more could you have done until you reached complete failure? You would have been stuck in that chair. And whatever your answer is, that is your reps in reserve. So let's just say you are conditioned and you do 10 repetitions and you say, oh, I could have done 50. Well, that means you're about 50 repetitions away from reaching failure. That's telling me that you're not challenging yourself with that particular exercise. So what do we do? Well, we have to progress the exercise to make it more intense. You could simply do more repetitions, which I don't know about you. After about 15 repetitions, I'll start pulling my hair out. 
you can also just simply add more weight. So you don't have to do as many repetitions. You can add more range of motion. So instead of squatting down to a chair, you're squatting lower than that. And you can do a number of things like slow down the tempo of the squat. So instead of dropping down into the chair, letting the chair kind of catch you, you can pause right above it for a couple seconds and come back up. Or you can lower yourself intentionally slow until you reach that point and come back up. You see, these are all ways to make the stimulus more intense, giving you a more challenging exercise. Okay. So that is one way or multiple ways to make an exercise more challenging. But let's circle back to that reps and reserve method. We want our reps in reserve to be somewhere around, I would say four to one repetitions. Now, uh, when it comes to this type of guideline, we, we're going to have some stipulations, but let's continue down this path. You want somewhere between four to one repetitions. We don't want to go to complete failure because that's going to give us diminishing returns. We want to keep at least one rep in reserve at all times, okay? So let's go ahead and put this into another example just so we are all following what I'm talking about here. Let's say you are doing that same example. I give you a 25 pound dumbbell, kettlebell or weight for you to hold. Then you go ahead and do those 10 repetitions. And then I ask you, how many more reps do you think you could have done? Instead of you saying 50, now perhaps you're saying, oh, I could have only probably done 10 more, okay? Well, let's go ahead and add a little bit more weight for this next set. Then you do it again. And then you, and then you say something along the lines of like, okay, I probably only could have done four more after that 10. Now we know we are in a stimulus range or a challenging range that you're going to be promoting optimal muscle growth and strength gain. So that's what I want you to be focusing on and asking yourself after each exercise set, okay? At first, your guesstimation of how many reps you have in reserve is going to be pretty far off, but it's a skill that will fine-tune over time. And then as you get better at fine-tuning your guesstimation, your exercises and your whole routine will become more and more effective. The reason why I love this so much is because the more accurate you are at guessing, guessing your range uh, reps in reserve, you're going to need less working sets to reach that level of being challenged. So instead of like six, six sets until you get to the point of muscle fatigue, you might only need three. So now you're being super efficient with your time. You're also not beating up your body unnecessarily because a lot of people do too much when they don't need to do that much. We call it junk volume. And also it mentally it's great because when you look at your workout routine, you're like, I have to do six sets of these. Me personally, after the third set, it's daunting. It's like, man, I have to stay in this one spot for another couple rounds. Uh, I'd rather switch it up and go to a different routine or different exercise um, and target a different muscle group. But that's because I've gotten to the point where I only need around three working sets to reach that level of challenge. Okay. So let's say you are now trying to get that to that level of reps and reserve, but you have some sort of ache or pain. 
that's where we get into the stoplight analogy that I'm always talking about, okay? We have to blend reps and reserve with the stoplight analogy. The stoplight analogy is very simple. Let's say you're doing an exercise and you are experiencing some level of discomfort. Then you ask yourself, let's rate this discomfort on a scale of one to 10. When it is a pain level of let's say one to three, it's a green light, you can keep going. Research shows that a little bit of discomfort is actually beneficial to the rehab process as long as the pain isn't getting worse and it's not worse the next day. Then you got a pain level of four through six. That is a yellow light. We're gonna proceed with caution. And if we can modify that exercise to make it slightly easier, that's going to be ideal. That would be us adding a chair back into the squat, perhaps lowering the repetitions, lowering the sets or lowering the weight that we're using, things like that. And then you have pain levels of seven and above. That's a red light, stop what you're doing, Let's go ahead and try to switch out that exercise for something else, okay? So you have the stoplight analogy, and then you have the reps in reserve. If you are experiencing something in the yellow light and you modify and you only have a discomfort level of, let's say, one to three, now we're just going to be focusing on getting to that level of challenge within that modification that we made. By doing so, we're still building the muscles, we're still building strength, but we're not promoting any symptoms that's going to hinder us down the road. Essentially, we're rehabbing your body, building up mobility, and essentially making you more resilient in the future. So once again, if you are not challenging your body during your resistance training routine, we have to start doing so because that is probably the number one reason why you're not getting the results that you're looking for, okay? Now, that also being said, I don't want to go on a tangent here. When you start to challenge yourself more, you might need more rest. So if you're working out daily, you might have to add a rest day in between some of these workout routines uh, just so your body can recover, okay? Second, Number two, number reason why you're not getting the results you're looking for, your body simply doesn't have the materials it needs to promote muscle, to promote strength, to recover quick enough, right? That is simply put, like if people are not eating enough calories, which our body uses as energy, or enough protein, which our body uses to strengthen and restore the body, you're going to find yourself either not making the progress you're looking for or just feeling overall stagnant, okay? So what is the recommendation for protein intake, okay? I'll say this to the blue in my face. You wanna be looking for somewhere between 0.8 to one grams per body pound. Now, if you're somebody that has kidney issues, you do wanna consult your primary care provider just to make sure that this particular recommendation fits your lifestyle. But if you have a healthy set of kidneys, no issues, your kidneys can definitely handle this level of protein. It doesn't hurt the kidneys. It doesn't damage it at all. Simply put, if you are somebody with already damaged kidneys, eating more protein tends to make us pee more, which essentially could lead to your kidneys just working harder than it currently can handle, okay? So are you eating enough that to support growth? That is the question that we're asking, okay? If you feel lethargic, if you feel like, your body is basically conserving energy. Like you get home and it's, you find it so hard to get off the couch. You feel like you're not using your hands a lot when you're speaking. You're not fidgeting. 
These are all common signs that your body is down-regulating activity to meet the low level of calories you're currently eating. This is when you see chronic dieters not necessarily lose weight, even though they're on very low diets and very high activity. It's because your body starts to adapt and starts to learn, okay, we're going to put out all this exercise in this 10,000 step walk. So for the rest of the day, we're going to make sure that we're conserving as much energy as possible. So what we have to do in these circumstances is make sure that our body is getting enough calories to support weight loss, if that's your goal, and to support muscle gain, if that's your goal, which it should be everyone's goal, and to support protective strength, okay? That deserves its own podcast, but that's another reason why people are not getting the results that they're looking for. Body simply doesn't have the materials to build what you are asking from it to build, okay? If you have 100 construction workers sitting in a field waiting to build a house, but you don't give them two by fours, you don't give them screws, you don't give them a hammer, do you expect them to build a house? Nope, they're just going to be twiddling their thumbs wondering when they can get started. That's the same thing when your body gets stimulated by this challenging workout. It's like, all right, let's get to work. But if you're not eating the protein, you're not giving it the calories, it can't do anything. So go ahead, look over how much protein you're eating throughout the day. If you are significantly lower than the 0.8 to 1 grams that we've talked about, all you need to focus on is just simply add a protein source into each one of your meals slowly over time. Protein can be very filling and it can be very hard for you to find these foods um, to start to integrate into your life. So slowly add it over time and that should set you up for success. And then lastly, you have the last roadblock that we're going to talk about, which is time. Have you been consistent enough over a long enough period of time? So you'll see... This is kind of cool because I always tell people to focus on the strength side of things. Like, are you getting stronger? Are you getting more mobile? Because these things tend to trend a little bit faster than you putting on muscle. Okay. You'll see when you first start exercising that you will gain strength from a day to day. Well, I would even say from a working set to working set basis from workout to workout, you'll do a little bit more weight. And then eventually you're going to start seeing a plateau. But if you're focusing on that strength gain, it's going to give you those small wins. That's going to keep you coming back. Now, the reason why we build strength so much faster than building muscle is because part of the strength equation, yes, is how strong the muscle is, but it's also how well we can coordinate that muscle. So when we were doing something, let's say a, a bench press pushing away from us, You'll see that from set to set, you're going to start looking like a newborn deer. Weight's going to be shaking like crazy because your body's trying to figure out how to coordinate this weight, uh, how to push it efficiently. But then as you continue to use this weight, like from a set to set basis, you're going to see that shaking less, less, lessen and lessen and lessen over time. And because your body becomes more coordinated, it will start to express more strength. Your body has safety mechanisms within it that doesn't allow you to express all the, the strength that you have access to because it doesn't want you to injure yourself. So that's why you'll see like when somebody is 
like balancing on an unstable surface that they feel super weak um, because or another example is like, let's say that you are using machine a leg press, you'll see somebody leg press four times the amount than they would if they were just body weight squatting. Because when you're body weight squatting, you have to stabilize the weight, you have to coordinate that weight versus the leg press, you're just focusing on pushing because the machine's doing the rest, you see, so you will build strength so much quicker than you'll build muscle. You should expect a, a large gain in muscle within a 12-week period if you're challenging yourself, but you can expect to, to gain strength almost on a week-to-week -week basis, if not shorter. There will be a point where you hit a plateau and you're no longer gaining strength, but that's not something to be fearful of. That just means that you are coordinated, you're efficient enough, where now you're at a point where your bottleneck is now the, the amount of muscle that you have on your body. That means every time you go to exercise, you're truly taxing the muscle, not being bottlenecked by your coordination and your efficiency. So that's pretty cool to consider. So those are the three main things that you could be looking into to make sure that you are getting the results that you want to get. If you have any questions, anything that you would like for me to cover please let me know. I want this podcast to serve you the best that it can. If you listen to this point, my biggest ask for you is to take five seconds and go ahead and hit the five-star review on whatever you're listening to on here. If it's a podcast on YouTube, go ahead and hit the upvote. Go ahead and comment below. These are all things that's going to help my podcast get to more people, which means it will help me get closer to my goals of helping as many people as possible. All right. See you next week.